Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt. Thanks, Darlene. Now, this is usually a basketball show where we exist in an adult playground, getting shots up, talking ball, having a grand old time. And then there's this week's show. Talk about a complete 180. Right now, we are all together in a world where everything is chaotic and sort of uncertain. And I mean all of us together, globally and nationally, and of course, locally. But there are playground experiences that we have had as sports people that taught us lessons that we can apply to our current crisis. This week, it'll be just my producer, Bruce Bernstein, my extraordinary sidekick, and myself, And we're going to go through some of those lessons that we're applying to today. Monica, it's always great talking to you. Uh, I know at times like this, um, at least for me personally, when something's upsetting, it always helps me to talk to somebody. And when when you can share with other people, at least in my mind, uh, it lightens the burden somewhat. I know on Tuesday, as you and I prepared and discussed this week's show, I did feel better talking with you. You're, maybe you're calming, Bruce. <laughs> um, but in general, for me, I have not been a talker through this process. I mean, I have sort of measured out how much of the reporting and the news I want to hear. I've been aware of what my responsibilities are in social distancing. Um, but I kind of am like, all right, well, what show am I going to binge or what book am I going to read? How am I going to get a workout in when I can't go to the gym? I don't know. I'm in a weird place in terms of talking. I think all of us in our own way are in shock, really. I mean, this is a shock to certainly a shock to each of our systems, but also our society has basically been turned upside down overnight. And I think a lot of us, you see a lot of people lashing out and, you know, blaming and wanting to put it on someone as opposed to, you know, trying to deal with it in some other way. So it's it's however people have to deal with this, they have to deal but for me, you know, I, I learned a long time ago that talking is better than not talking. But, you know, sometimes people don't want to hear it. So you just kind of have to know when and what you should say or try to be as sensitive as you can. But I'm glad you're talking to me today. I feel <laughs> like, you know, well, you know, we were, when we were talking, it was like, you know, what is it about sports that maybe prepares us? to deal with uncertainty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 shocks to the system and to the world. I mean, I think there are a lot of lessons in there. You know, the first one to me is, you know, 
anybody who's played a team sport, and you know this way better than me, you sacrifice your personal wants and needs for the greater good. It's true. That's right. Nice. Yeah. Right. I mean, look, you know, we're we're stronger together. I mean, mental toughness is something that is that we all really kind of have to have right now because with all the uncertainty around us, it's so easy to get pulled in all these different directions and get, you know, like whipsawed almost. But it's like, if I think if you're mentally tough, you can at least sort of prioritize what's most important at that given time. It's almost, you know, like just, you know, saying, all right, this is the most important thing right now. In other words, we're playing possession to possession in a lot of ways right now, one possession at a time, right? Because we don't know what's coming next. There is uncertainty and we have to, make the best decisions we can make. And what you described as far as uh, the social distancing and being responsible and not, you know, just thinking about yourself, being a good teammate, you know, family first, right? Every team we ever played on was a family in some ways, but now the fa our family is much bigger than our team. Our family is like humanity, really, at, at a time like this. And certainly the immediate loved ones and friends that you have. So I think that... Being a good teammate is means not just being out for yourself, but you know, trying to, you know, do for others. Really, it all it always comes back to you. One hundred percent. It's also leadership too, right? I mean, it's necessary at every level, isn't it? One hundred percent. And I mean, <laughs> there's so much to say to that, Bruce. Like, yes, leadership, and I, I. I guess the other part of that is people taking leadership seriously and doing what they're supposed to be doing. So something doesn't have to come down from above. That's harsh. You know what I mean? Like we're asking people to take a step back versus forcing people to take a step back. And also too, I mean, look, leadership can come from so many different places. Many of them, you don't really expect them to, but people have a tendency to, to, uh, rise to the occasion sometimes and and reveal themselves as leaders when you never necessarily looked at them as leaders, but they do and say things and rally the troops and just, you know, do the, do the little things it takes to win, so to speak. So again, you don't want to trivialize what we're going through now and comparing it to a game, but the instincts that make you make those decisions, I think a lot of those things we did, we did learn in sports. I can see that. And I, but I also think literally to the sports world and showing leadership. I know folks um, have their mixed reviews on NCAA President Mark Emmert or even um, to a lesser extent, Adam Silver deciding to call the league um, call games before we got into sort of this nationwide uh, state of emergency. I do remember having the conversation about the power of sports, right? Like the first NBA games or the first few conference tournament games collegiately that were played without fans, sports made it so real here on our own turf. Because it was one thing for sports fans to see every now and again on SportsCenter Top 10, a highlight from overseas where athletes are playing without fans in the stadiums. It wasn't really tangible. And so now, literally, I, I on Wednesday that week, last week, I was in New York for MSG shows. And things changed so rapidly, but I do think that in many ways, the sports world, sports world's response, I should say, showed some leadership in like, hey, we all need to be taking this thing seriously. We need to 
kind of know our place at a time like this, right? I mean, I know we all get wrapped up in our teams and, you know, we, we live and die with our teams and our sport and whatever, but this has a way of, you know, I mean, sports is something that we were always able to turn towards at a time of crisis and a time of uncertainty, but now we don't even really have that. So a lot of us sports people really do kind of feel untethered right now without being able to kind of, you know, there's, that was always something that we always had. I mean, even after the, you know, terrible tragedy of 9-11, within a matter of a few days or a week, you know, you saw the great scene at Shea Stadium when Mm -hmm. Mike Piazza hit that home run and, and there was like this collective, just cathartic moment of joy after just so much misery. Uh, And I do believe that we are going to get to that day at some point. But the problem right now is that we have no idea when that is. And I think for those of us who are sports people, right, and and tell me if you agree or disagree with this, sports people are used to having clear boundaries. We're used to a beginning and a middle and an end. The basketball court is 94 by 50. You play the game within that boundary. You have a clock, you know, it's, it's, 48 minutes if it's an NBA game. It's four 12-minute quarters. You know when they start, they're going to end. At some point, there's going to be a final score, and then the battle, quote-unquote, is over. So we're all kind of wired in our own way, sort of, even non-sports people. We all That's how we operate. I mean, that's how we are. We know that something's going to end, and we usually know approximately when it's going to end. But because this is not that time, you just that's I think what's causing a lot of my own anxiety that I have about things is just the the whole idea of is it a month? Is it six months? Is it four months? What is it? Will it happen in two years? I mean, you know, everyone says it will, but uncertainty makes people crazy. In this moment, in a way, besides some of the knuckleheads maybe not taking this thing seriously enough, there are reasons to be proud of humans. Showing kindness, particularly in the sports world, um, showing empathy, enduring, uh, particularly those who are medical professionals, really making sacrifices for, you know, the country. But particularly in the sports world, and I love this, there's a scripture reference um, in Isaiah eleven six. It talks about, and a child shall lead them. And I think for some reason, maybe because of how brightly his star shines, we often forget that Zion Williamson is only 19. Check out this 19-year-old who showed incredible leadership, empathy, and compassion um, by pledging to make sure that the arena workers at um, the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans were taken care of. And so he's going to come out of his own pocket to look out for those people. I mean, and that's just one of the many acts of Bruce of generosity and kindness that we've seen throughout sports. He's probably the youngest player in the NBA, right? (laughs) He might be. He's certainly the youngest player on their team. But it just goes to show you that that leadership and character, you know, can come from any, you know, a lot of different sources. I mean, I know personally, I always liked Zion Williamson. He always appeared to me like a very positive, uplifting kind of a guy. But I've become his fan for life because he's shown all of us what what that you can be. a. I mean, he's not even old enough to drink, Monica. But here he is showing the way to so many people and setting such a great example. I just can't compliment him enough. I agree with you. I certainly echo those sentiments. I know Mark Cuban is another owner 
that was very public about voicing the support or not just support, but monetarily figuring out a way to back the employees and the staff that work at the arenas in Dallas. There's a list though. Carl Anthony Towns donated 100,000 to the Mayo Clinic. Rudy Gobert, 500,000 to relief efforts. And I believe that his were, I don't know if they were split, but I know part of what he donated to her goes back to his home nation in France. Um, Giannis, Jeremy Lim, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, Donovan Mitchell, um, the Charlotte Hornets, um, the Orlando Magic, their roster, Steph Curry, 21 team owners. I mentioned Mark Cuban. And so it is good to see uh, that these folks who seem to have resources and obviously they make lots of money playing basketball, but they are not immune from this. I mean, we've gotten the news now that not just Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, but Christian Wood of the Detroit Pistons tested positive and four Brooklyn Nets tested positive. So while yes, the money in their lives probably makes their lives a little bit more luxurious than some of ours, they are not excluded from this either. No. And you mentioned the four Brooklyn Nets that tested positive. Uh, Certainly all of them have the right to their privacy. So it's none of them owe anybody the, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to go public. But I got to give love to Kevin Durant because he's the one player who did go public. I mean, he didn't have to do it. But when he did it, he showed courage and he showed leadership. I mean, there's always a stigma attached to people who are sick, especially in a time of high anxiety like right now. But by coming forward, he sets an example and he helps people understand that, like you said, Even if you're extremely wealthy and successful, you're not immune to this kind of a sickness. So the message really is we're all in this together. And if if Kevin Durant has the courage to sort of, you know, say that he has it, that will, uh, I think, aid other people in perhaps not, you know, not hiding behind or I'm I'm grasping for the right words, but it will inspire other people to know that, you know what, um, there isn't a stigma. You got sick and you can get better too. I mean, didn't we didn't we feel this way about Magic Johnson all those years ago? Wow, Bruce, and, and thinking about this, that is that was really powerful on Kevin's part. I think Donovan Mitchell talked with Robin Roberts on Good Morning America this week. Um, and in many ways, it's a cautionary tale because Donovan Mitchell said he doesn't have any symptoms, right? And so it just speaks to how serious we need to be taking this thing. So I mean, I, I I am proud of the NBA. I am proud um, of Americans in different spots. I know we can't turn to social media for everything, but you do have the opportunity to see some encouraging stories, particularly of those that are married to healthcare professionals and they're talking about their husband or their wife um, separating themselves from the rest of their family while they do their best to serve those that are showing up at hospitals. Um, I saw a gentleman who was a garbage man and like, we take that for granted, but he's like, you know, I'm here to continue to do my job through this, to serve my community because I'm trying to maintain whatever normalcy I can for the greater good. And so I think it's like you said, adversity reveals character. And I think we are going to see that we're human. And so we're not immune to mistakes from the top down, but at the same time, to me, our coach used to call it your mistake response. How are you responding? How are you going to make things right? I saw a great picture on Twitter of a doctor who was clearly in a medical facility of some point. He's wearing his white, you know, doctor coat and he's holding up a sign and it said, I came to work to help you. Now you can help me by staying home. Mm, And it's like, you know, it was, it was like simple, but you know what? Those, those medical professionals, God love them Mm -hmm. and protect them and protect them. Big time. So 
for all of the things that we're seeing that we're proud of, and I completely agree with that doctor, help that doctor out, stay home. It is important that we are mindful of our sanity, like our wellness. Not everybody. I personally, Bruce, low key, secret, don't tell anybody. I'm actually an introvert. So, so far, so good for me. (laughs) Kind of at home dealing with some other projects. But I will say that my mom and I have made it a point and we now take the dog to get out for an hour long walk twice a day. And I've been doing my own little boot camp exercise and stuff at the home, trying to keep moving because the last thing you want to do is for this to end and you got uh, some extra quarantine weight heading into summer. (laughs) I've always found, and and one of the reasons that we love sports so much, whatever sport we choose, whether it's walking and I've been on the treadmill every day, you know, but that's kind of normal for me anyway. But I think when you stay active and you get those endorphins pumping, I think it really does sort of help reduce the stress a little bit. It, it's a, it's an escape. And certainly with you taking your mom and uh, hoops out for a walk, uh, that's the dog's happy too, right? I mean, he's, his tail must be wagging away like crazy. She, so here's the thing. I got to be honest, Bruce. I'm not sure if she, her stamina was really uh, up for what we've all of a sudden begun. I am, have been concerned that it's a little bit too much for her at points, but uh, I've been assured by loved ones that she's fine. <laughs> Hey, listen, you know what? She'll 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 be able to go the distance with you. She'll you'll build her up, you know. Again, you're showing leadership by getting that dog in shape. We're working on stamina over here. So speaking of maintaining our sanity, um let's talk about that bracket. <laughs> I think it's I think it's hilarious. You know, can you can you give people a little brief explanation of what that bracket refers to? So Blake Dudonis, who is a women's basketball coach, Blake is in Minnesota. He's an assistant somewhere in Minnesota, and I should know exactly what university, but I don't. I'm sorry. He's a fantastic coach, a supporter of women's basketball. He's big on the WNBA. Um, He put together a women's basketball broadcaster bracket, field of 64, and... He did not fill it out, but he did the seating and he put it out on Twitter and it got, of course, all of us engaged and buzzing and chatting. I am proud to report that I earned a three seed in this here bracket. I'm impressed. I really enjoyed that. And Blake's commentary on the three seed selection, uh, which included myself, Rosgold Rude, Debbie Antonelli and Andrea Carter, who is a SEC big time analyst. He said a balance of experience and youth. <laughs> that could pull, be poised to make a deep run. I love it, Bruce. I love it. But which are you? I mean, you're both, right? You're experienced well, okay. and you're youthful. Yep. I think I'm sort of right on the cusp. I've got the balance of the two. Uh, I think I really could be poised. Now, my first round matchup is a pro-pro. Pure class. Uh, I'm facing a nine seed in Sydney Brunson. Yes, yeah, Cindy Brunson. Well, you know, I have a particular interest in that. Monica McNutt versus Cindy Brunson matchup because I worked with Cindy for years at ESPN and I absolutely love her. Uh, Now I work with you and I love you too. So with apologies to CB, I am on team Monica in this battle. And I got to tell you, when I had the nerve, the nerve to look ahead to your possible second round matchup with fellow Pure Hoops media personality, Kim Adams of Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams, Cindy was not pleased with me on Twitter. She started talking smack, showing off her shoe game, trying to intimidate you with her disco ball kicks and her Phoenix Suns heels. So how do you respond? 
Well, Bruce, I will have to send you some pictures of how I will respond. I got a little bit of got a little bit of street heat, feet heat, rather, um, that I can willing to take confidently back to Miss Brunson. But you know, I do respect her disco ball kicks. Not everybody can pull them off, and I don't know that I would do pumps with Phoenix Suns basketballs in there. But I do love her ownership of West Coast women's basketball, whether it's the Phoenix Suns or her action in the Pac-12. She was one of my favorites. But you know, you can respect and still go head to head like Zion and LeBron. So let's get it. I got I got Monica in that one. I mean, so what are we doing? Are we playing to seven? Are we playing to eleven? Make it, take it, of course. But I don't know. CB is. I mean, how tall are you? You're about what six one. I am only five eleven, but I was listed at six even. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Cindy, if I remember, I think you probably got about two or three inches on her. Uh, so you'll probably have to take her down low and just do the turnaround over her, right? That's possible. Now let's assume that that gets done with all due respect to Cindy Brunson. Kim Adams, I want you to know you're going down. <laughs> Fanta can call the play-by-play of that game since he's <laughs> since he's an ally of both of yours. There you go. There you go. But I just I thought the bracket was super fun. Um, it was the first time that I had been included in something like that. I, I mentioned Blake's passion for women's basketball. I actually really enjoyed checking out the field. There were some really great up-and-coming folks. Our friend Zora Stevenson, who we've had on the pod, Debbie Antonelli actually responded on Twitter that she could literally whip out her scouting reports for all three of us in her bracket because she literally called all of our games. You know, Debbie is the OG. I Debbie has had a tremendous career as a terrific broadcaster. Um, obviously, Doris Burke was in that field. Elena Beard is in that field. I mean, it was it was a great field and some names that I'll even make it a point to look out for um, in the world of women's broadcasting, women's basketball broadcasting, rather. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. I mean, it's clear. Bruce and I have discussed it. Certainly uncertain times for all of us. Um, and as much as we love sports and are drawing on sports, Bruce said it, but I just want to make sure I echo it. We certainly don't want to trivialize what's going on by making sports comparisons. But as people who love sports, who played sports, who covered sports for years, there are certainly lessons um, that we can all pull upon as we all navigate the next few weeks. Um, teamwork is definitely the largest Um, Let's look out for one another. Let's not be selfish. Um, Let's follow the suggested restrictions and guidelines that folks that are educated and studying this virus closely are putting out there. And hopefully, you know, we can all win. We can all get through this together and hopefully minimize the impact here in the United States. With the news cycle literally changing by the minute, many things will certainly have changed since Wednesday, March 18th, when we recorded this show. So wherever you get your news and information, please be sure that it isn't solely from social media. And even though there are no games going on, we at Pure Hoops Media aren't going anywhere. We'll be here with our five weekly shows, and we'd love to have you check us out. For sure, Monica. On Fridays, we'll have the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Each Monday, it's the Mike Wise Show. Uh, Tuesday, it's Full Court Press with the aforementioned Kim Adams and John Fanta. And Wednesday, it's Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin. And every Thursday, we have a fresh episode of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. I always have to give a shout-out and thank you to my extraordinary producer and sidekick, Bruce Bernstein, and our fantastic editor, Ben Wolfen. Please be sure to check out all of our Pure Hoops media shows, give us a review, and let us keep you company with good hoop and life discussions. 
Until next week, folks, treat everyone like a teammate, wash your hands, and where you can find them, enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. 